folks and welcome to drinking alone with friends a podcast where three friends drink alone together my name's chris what up it's tud and i'm obert and uh today ladies and gentlemen we have a special guest uh we have matt smith from wandering soul beer company out of beverly mass matt welcome to the podcast what's up thank you for having me yeah <laughs> yeah awesome. always See, good look, to have a special guest it's awesome yeah it's and and someone in the beer industry come on now that's that's the best <laughs> so so Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, you know I just named you know you, you own a brewery, Wandering Soul, out of Beverly. But uh, what? Tell us about Matt. Sure. Uh, well, basically, I was uh, I'm from New Jersey originally, and uh, I moved up here to Mass like 12 years ago, and um, moved up here to play in a band actually. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a musician, have been for a long time, and the band didn't really pan out, but I stuck around up here. And uh, worked. <laughs> I worked at a bunch of really uh, other jobs, you know, that that uh, that paid the bills, but didn't really bring me all that much satisfaction in terms of the you know life, passion, mission sort of thing. So I got into the beer industry um, in 2010 and uh, 2011, and I was uh, working for uh, Clown Shoes Beer and. Uh, yeah, we're okay. doing some contract brewing, and I did a little bit of everything over there. You know, some sales, production, accounting, um, brewing some test batches, stuff like that. And then parted ways with them, worked for some other breweries, and then started up Wandering Soul officially in 2019. And uh, it's just it's just me, and um, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Okay, very important question. What was the name of the band, and what kind of music did you play? Oh, <laughs> Well, the band. For, the, <laughs> there's an there's there's an NDA. He's not yeah, allowed yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give up all my royal royalties that I'm not making. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, it, uh, well, in New Jersey, we had a band called the Blithering Idiots. It was a ska punk band, and um, up here nice. it was called Stem, and we changed the name to Stereo Grove. So the band was called Stereo Grove. Um, kind of like. A mix of all different styles, a little bit of reggae and some hip hop, funk, heavier stuff. I do, I do play in a ska band. <laughs> it just sounds funny saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> I still. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Play, I play in another ska uh, band right now. So. And what's your instrument of choice? Uh, guitar. Okay, fantastic. Yes. As you can see behind me, I I try to play a little bit too. <laughs> I saw that. I have. Those aren't just those aren't just I props, I guess. Some stuff behind me. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, nice. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah. So. Oh, nice, nice. See, now, now we're gonna, we're gonna lay. Okay, guys, we're gonna lay down Freebird, and we're gonna pretend that Matt and Tud are duetting Freebird. Okay. So let's, just, let's do a quick cut. That might not go well. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think so. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think we might get some angry emails yeah. about that one. Oh uh, well, we already get we get kicked off YouTube all the time anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord so uh what made you decide you wanted to head out on your own and start your own brewery well um i had spent many years working for other people um you know and uh i reached a point where i felt like i had enough contacts in the industry and i felt like you know going and splitting off on my own and brewing at least one batch to see how it went would be something that you know that i could uh could do 
but you know honestly like the motivation behind starting wandering soul was you know it was tied into a life event for me personally where you know i had always wanted to kind of do my own thing but i actually wasn't motivated to do it until we uh my wife was pregnant in 2017 and we lost our first daughter uh she was my wife was mm-hmm. full term in a pregnancy so she our daughter was stillborn um and we had we oh. had to go yeah wow, we had tough. to go through a whole thing that i didn't even know like that that even happened to people um you know and um you know, time in the hospital and all that stuff. And coming out of that, like, you know, that's actually that event and losing her the way we did motivated me to put out a beer dedicated to her called Melody Maker. And that's, that's the first beer that we brewed. And um, that's what started the whole thing. And, you know, it's a brewing. So like, I don't own a brewery right now. I brew my stuff at other people's breweries. Um, I've done beers at three different breweries commercially as well as like 10 collaborations at this point uh so i bounce around you know what i mean and, and when we brewed melody maker it was just uh, i call it a brewing project it's not i don't call myself a brewery um okay everything i have a shed behind my house that is a brewery um but i haven't released any beer out of there commercially it's just for test batching although there is a beer bottled here in beverly right now that'll be the first release that was actually brewed in that shed um and it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre barrel-aged sour beer with peaches that took like a year and a half to make. It fermented in the barrel. Yeah, so <laughs> figure, that sounds figure really if, I'm good. Gonna, if I'm going to put out anything coming out of that shed, it's got to be something from Bizarro World. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of... Uh, the from the from the yeah. shed series. There you go. Yeah. You can have it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the motivation not a typical way that a brewery or brewing project starts, but it was important for me to have a legacy for Melody. Um, and brew- beer in this Absolutely. industry and brewing was kind of just like the catalyst or the, the, the form that it took. You know what I mean? It, it could have taken another form if I had spent time in another industry. Um, but beer and brewing is right. kind of all I know. Well, not all I know, but it's, it's, uh, it was the... It was the thing that was the most natural fit because I had a, I have a lot of beer recipes and I've always wanted to do this anyway. So I took a recipe I had been working on when we when that whole thing happened in 2017. I was trying to perfect this recipe for a New England IPA that was under 5% alcohol. And that became Melody Maker after like 20 variations, both here in the shed and at our, uh, another place we lived here in Beverly. So I kind of took that recipe and that became Melody Maker. And, you know, the first batch sold out real quick. So we brewed another one and the same thing happened. And then it was kind of like, all right, I guess this is what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have any other plan. I didn't really have a business plan. I didn't have any job prospects. I had I had to leave my job with clown shoes because I couldn't function because I was just really in a bad place. Um, that was in 2017. I I worked for some other places, but it just wasn't happening. Like, I think that that experience made me kind of just realize that I had to do something that was going to be a little bit more personal for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just it's it's sort of a selfish thing, but it's like I had to do it. You know what I mean? And And it ended up resonating with a lot of people. I formed a whole bunch of connections and friends now that have been through similar things because everything's printed right on the can. You know, I'm pretty transparent about what I'm doing. Um, and I donate to charities and there's a charity called Resolve New England that's connected to them. And every can of Melody Maker that gets sold, I donate part of it to them. And they helped me and my wife get through that. So, um, yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah, that's a that's an incredible story, and I can only imagine how hard that must have been for you and your wife to live through that. And uh, right. Yeah, it seems like you kind of use that grief to kind of push you into this direction. Yeah, it was sort of in a way. It was it was kind of the fuel. I mean, you know, I've told people right. this whole time I've been running Wandering Soul. It's been a way for me to process grief, but that doesn't go. That that doesn't mean I'm healed. You know what I mean? Like that. Um, mm. This will be an ongoing thing, but it's it's been really an amazing experience. And when I saw that first batch of Melody Maker, like on the shelf with my recipe and the label I designed and all the beer that I pre-sold and delivered all myself, and it was important for me to do everything myself. You know, even though it like broke me physically, um, because mm-hmm. we do. Th- you know, we were doing right. thirty barrel batches, so. It was like 200-something cases. Oh, yeah. wow. So each batch was 30 barrels, and now I've gone on to do uh, – we're packaging a 60-barrel batch tomorrow. Um, and I've done – I did a – That's a lot of Yeah, beer. I even did an 120-barrel batch of Melody Maker last year. So that was like 1,000 cases of beer in one shot. And uh, Yeah, wow. so it's a lot. But I have some help with deliveries now. Um, I'm making the beer at a brewery called Bentwater. And uh, they're based in Lynn, Massachusetts, and they have a distribution company. So – they self-distribute and they also distribute my stuff because there's no way um, that I can deliver a thousand cases of beer myself. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be that'd be nearly impossible as a one-man show. So luckily, you have some help. There. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can I can come up and help you drink it though if you'd like. <laughs> It'll make it yeah. lighter. That's for sure. Actually, this, uh, this I've seen the I've seen yeah this, this room I'm beer. sitting in now. I know it's kind of dark, but like to my left, it's like a family room. And um, the first batch of Melody Maker that we did, the whole bat- batch was stored in this room. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I actually have a really funny, I have a video That's awesome. on somewhere, somewhere in my email that my buddy took of, from his phone of what this room actually looked like. Um, <laughs> with like. It was like a panoramic shot with his phone going like this. And the beer was just like never ending, like just piles and piles of... <laughs> cases and ke- there's kegs in the corner and i'm thinking like how did i do like that first batch it was really a, it was really a learning experience because i knew the the thing i underestimated most was the sheer physical toll of delivering the beer not not brewing the beer uh, that's the fun part right delivering yeah. and lifting the <laughs> kegs and i've lifted kegs before but i've never i've never done anything like that so <laughs> In a Honda Accord. That's... <laughs> I, yeah, oh wow! <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, very in the lead there. Yeah. I, I was I was going to ask uh, what 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 car you were driving. Yeah, I went time, on. But, I, I, he was driving a smart um, car. Yep. Yeah, I have a Honda Accord. I still have it. Um, I went on to purchase a 2000 Mazda minivan that uh, has all sorts has there you go has an exhaust leak <laughs> and all sorts. Of, the shocks are just gone. But that that van, um, you know, really I. I paid twelve hundred bucks for it, and um, I got it paid for itself. Like I've done so many deliveries in that van; it's sitting in the in the street now, um, barely functional. But um, you know, I'm not. Um, you know, I don't need anything like fancy, like a fancy delivery vehicle. Um, you know, I I just try to use the things I have, and you know, thinking about this business in terms of profitability was really hard for me because it's so personal and I never even intended for this to be a business. Um, so having to look at like sales and profit margin and where am I spending money? Where am I making money? It was like really weird, even though I have a background in this and I did that stuff for clown shoes for like six years, it was really weird to like do it for wandering soul because 
I just never had a, a clear plan. You know, I mean, I, I, I was confident I could sell an entire batch of beer and pre-sell it into all the stores around here and the bars and stuff like that. Um, but beyond that, I didn't, I didn't know how it was going to go. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good that it's, it, that it's turned out. I mean, it just seems that it's, it's been working out. It seems, um, yeah. you know, from what we hear. Yeah, it has been. I'm really grateful for it. And I, every day I wake up and I'm, can't believe I'm still doing this. Like, um, it's exhausting, but, but like every beer I've put out is so is tied to like a person or a concept or something that means something to me. You know, they're, um, like, I think we've done 10 beers commercially and, uh, yeah, like literally every one, like designing the beer, um, the labels, I do most of those myself. I've had some help, but like seeing a beer take shape, like start to finish and then have it the, like the finished product each time it's like you're creating something that's like, I mean, beer is like a living organism. You're dealing with a, a living organism in the yeast. So, you know, it, it's for me, it's like bringing things to life constantly. So I think that, that that's... Yeah, and everyone's unique. Everyone's yeah. unique. And that's been actually like, it sounds weird to say it, but like when we lost Melody, like bringing all these other things to life, some of them connected to her and other people. It's been really that that's been fueling me, like, because I feel like we're... It's an artistic thing, but it literally is like bringing something into the world. So it's... Uh, I could totally understand yeah. that. So yeah. it's been a very moving experience for sure. It sounds like it. And well, I have a ton more questions for you, but it sounds like Tud was lucky enough to get some of these Wandering Soul beers. Um, I was wondering if Tud could crack one open and you could tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Yeah. So um, I have the entire four pack sitting in front of me right now. I, I wanted to bring them over so I could take a look at them as you were talking about them. But I, I am really curious about this this young mouse uh, Belgian ale with mango. So yeah. while I pour this, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I have some here too. It's not cold, but I have some others I can drink at some point here with you with you guys. Um, sure. But yeah, young mouse is a, um, it's a Belgian golden ale. It's around 7% alcohol. And, um, you know, we, I brewed it first in 2019 and the version you have is, was just canned like not even two weeks ago. Um, we added, um, mangoes to the beer. So, uh, those fermented out, they were added while the beer was still fermenting and, um, some mosaic hops are in the whirlpool and in the dry hop. So I really like the combo of, um, mosaic and man the actual mango, um, Nice. Looks good. Oh, yeah. I sent you a glass. Oh, yeah. I sent you Proper a glass, glassware. Oh, wow. I literally yeah. can't remember. I, I yeah. don't remember nice. shipping you that package. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, on like, I'm on like no sleep. Like we have, uh, so I guess I should say after Melody, we've gone on to have two other children. And, um, oh, and wow. They're okay. both doing, we just had a baby. Uh, she's four weeks old today. Um, oh, no oh, way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I haven't been really sleeping much, but, um, <laughs> and we have a two-year-old named willow and our new daughter's named maya so like when i ship that to you i honestly have no recollection of that <laughs> <laughs> hey you know i i don't i don't have kids but i i do hear from my friend you know chris right here that uh you don't get much sleep for that first the first couple weeks yeah, so it's... no no <laughs> you know babies that oh, man they're great but like they just they just need so much stuff like it's like come on get a job already yeah. but <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> but they do need a lot of things all the all time. The time. It, it's around oh. the clock. Yep. And uh, it, no, yep. but young mouse is, um, you know, we um, 
we used a Belgian yeast that's very uh, a very classic Belgian yeast, um, and it's it it's got like it's got the Belgian stuff going on, but it's not. I'm not a fan of like if if there's any funk in a Belgian beer, I, like for me, I, I'd rather go go all in. Um, and just do a sour beer, which which you know I I did here, but in this one it's pretty clean. You know, it's pretty clean for a Belgian beer. Like you get some of the some of the um, you know clove banana type thing. It's not over the top, but you know I think the mango and the mosaic hops really bring out a fruity element. It's got a lot of fruit character, I think. Um, oh, this is it does have it has like a ton of fruit character. This is I like this. This is not as as you were just saying. You know, and, and Chris I think was agreeing too. Yep. Belgian beers are never you know. I'd rather have a sour than than a Belgian, but yeah. this is this is very smooth and and almost almost more fruity than than I would expect. It does have some of those Belgian notes, but yeah, we always joke that that Todd is our fruit spurt of the pod. He can tell us what all the fruit flavors are in the beers. <laughs> so. well, hopefully, you get some mango out of that one. Um, oh, there's definitely there's a ton of mango. It's yeah. uh, it's it's not as so for you for you two guys, Chris and Obert. It's not and as, the listeners, you know. Yeah, and the, well, and the <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> it's not as it's not as mangoey sweet as I was expecting it. It's definitely more like a dry mango, yeah. and that's that's interesting to me. The um, yeah, that was the, the beer dried out um, to a level that I didn't actually really expect either. Um, the yeast strain we used was really potent. Um, the first time we did it in 2019, it was a little sweeter, but I like my beers really dry. Like that's just kind of what I like. I don't. Re- I'm not really into overly sweet. So, and again, I'll get you guys um, some some of these beers as well once I can actually get my head on straight here. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, so the beer. It's. Uh, I, I was saying before, every beer is dedicated to a person or a concept. And uh, Young Mouse is the nickname for my nephew Oscar. Um, so my sister Amanda and brother-in-law Ryan are Oscar's parents, and they uh, they love Belgian beers, and they. They helped me develop the recipe. They actually came up here to brew the test batches with me. Um, this was back in 2019. And uh, Oscar is, um, he's, I, I haven't seen him in a while. I really miss him, but he's hes an awesome kid. And um, he has a, uh, a very rare genetic mutation um, that causes epilepsy and a vision impairment and a lot of challenges. And um you know, he's been a, uh, an inspiration for me personally because, like, in the spirit of resilience and seeing what what hands people get dealt in life and how people are able to move forward in some way, um, just seeing everything he's been through in his life, um, it's just been an inspiration for me. So his nickname is Young Mouse, which comes from the Good Night Moon, um, the book, the kid's book. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. And, um, I read that book a lot as a child. Yeah. There's a little mouse <laughs> in the book, and... Um, so that's where the that's where the name comes from, and um, he loves he, mango is like one of his favorite types of fruit, or it was in 2019. I don't know if it is now, but, uh, <laughs> but he, I'm sure he still loves it, and so that's why we chose to add mango. Oh, here. that's really that's yeah. really cool. And so, so Todd, what do you, what do you uh, what do you think? So what is can you? Oh yeah, I, I have so many questions. Yeah, the art. So the artwork, Oscar painted that. Oh okay. Oh no way. Oh, that's cool. really wow. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, he. Yeah. He, uh, now, how old is Oscar now? He is uh, four now. Okay, because that's better than I, art I could do as an adult. So. <laughs> yeah, it's you know for the list or for the listeners to the podcast, head over to Instagram and see a picture of it. But it is uh, yeah, 
it's really cool looking. I think that this is. I was. I had so many questions about the artwork, and you know, to to learn that you know you're designing these, or in this case, Oscar designed this one, is just it's wild because it's some really cool art. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, his parents helped him with it, but he. Um, you know, he like I said, he has a vision impairment, but he can see different colors, um, and so that's why it's so colorful. And you know, you can see his his eyes kind of light up when he sees bright colors, and. Um, you know, the, the other version from 2019, he painted that as well. That was a different piece of art that he did. So, uh, okay. again, very colorful. But this one, this one was, um, I asked Amanda, my sister, to send me some some of his paintings more recently. And she sent a few. And this one really, I thought, would look cool on a beer can. And uh, so I did the layout and stuff myself. But that's all he did. He did the artwork. So That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. That's really cool. So, so Todd... I know we just heard what it's supposed to taste like, and you said yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So it, it does. It definitely tastes. You know, it's de- I mean, it definitely has the Belgian characteristics to it. A little bit of that that banana y type flavor. I guess that's from the yeast, right? I mean, I would imagine that that's kind of what causes that that type of yeah. spicy flavor. Yeah. Um, and then you know that that mango flavor is just. This is a it's a great drinking beer. Um, I know it weighs in at seven percent ABV, but this is. I would, you know, on a hot summer day, this is something like easy drinking that I would sit outside and just sip on, you know, maybe while mowing the lawn. This is, this is great. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's deceptively dangerous for 7%. Like. <laughs> yeah. It sneaks up on you. Yeah. I'm glad, glad you like it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool to do the beer, you know, cause uh, I was brewing at another brewery in, in 2019. I was, uh, making stuff at Castle Island brewing in Norwood, Mass. And, uh, pretty cool to see, to do the same beers, at multiple breweries and see how they're different. You know, I think Melody Maker is a very consistent beer, um, which is why it's my flagship. And I, I know that recipe inside and out, but Young Mouse changed a fair amount. And I, I mean, I changed the recipe a little bit too. Like the, the grain bill is a little different. Um, it's got a lot of wheat. I think for, I think about 40% of the grain bill was, was wheat, flaked wheat and white. Oh, wow. Flaked wheat and white wheat. And, um, yeah, so, but yeah, the yeast has a lot of character, for sure. What, how does that work up there? Uh, if you're brewing out of different breweries, um, how do you, how do you get the water? I, I would assume, like, water makes a big difference in this. How do you get the water to be consistent across, you know, brewing out of Norwood, brewing out of Beverly, brewing out of, you know, whatever, Lynn? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, at Castle Island, the water was pretty neutral. Here in Beverly, um, it's closer to what it is in Lynn, so... You know, we try to. I try to mimic the water here in Beverly wherever I go, uh, wherever I've gone. So, for instance, Castle Island, the chlorides are a little higher here in Beverly, and so the ratio of chlorides in the water to uh, sulfates is really important for some of the beers that I'm making. Um, and the water in Lynn, they actually have their own water source, and it's like really good for brewing. Um, just the mineral content is is really spot on for a lot of the styles I do. But yeah, I mean. Trying to recreate the, the the water profile here in Beverly is what we what we did at Castle Island. Um, so yeah, that's the short answer. What I mean, water chemistry is a part of brewing that really took me some time to uh, understand. You know, and I'm, no, that makes yeah, it's something that I think you know I can imagine transitioning from being a home brewer to uh, doing it on a more commercial scale. That's something it would be a whole new ball game. Yeah, and honestly, like taking these five-gallon batches and showing up to a brewery like Castle Island and being like, "Here we go," um, it was a, it was pretty daunting. Um, 
you know, they worked with me on the recipe. The recipes that I've brought to these breweries don't, they don't really change. Like the, the homebrew recipes is really just math to get it up to the right scale. Uh, some of them, some of them have changed. Like, you know, there were a few that I brought where I was like, sure, you want to, sure you want to do that? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so it, some, some have uh, changed, but no. for the most part, like past life, which I just poured the Vienna lager, like that's like an, that's like a eight, eight or nine year old homebrew recipe that literally didn't change. And same thing with from the wreckage that that's an Imperial style. That's 10, that's a 10 year old homebrew recipe that it didn't change at all. And actually thank, thankfully, for that beer, I lost the recipe, but but when I bottled it, I printed it. I printed it right on the on the label. Uh, oh no way! From the first homebrew batch, so it was like a stupid clip art, like really corny label. But thankfully, the entire beer recipe was on the label. I didn't even have any bottles of it, but my my friend had one bottle that had the the rest the, the recipe <laughs> on it. So. No way! That's oh a, man, what luck. so close to being lost forever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so you sounds like you cracked open. What did you say? Past life? Yeah, past life. It's a Vienna Lager. It's a style that um, I, I love. This style, and it's um, not many breweries do a Vienna Lager. Like you don't see too many of them out there. And I love lagers. Like I love pilsners, and that's actually my go-to, like a Czech pilsner. Um, okay. But I figured, you know, if I, re- I released it in the fall in in um, twenty nineteen, and this one here is actually from the fall last year and it's uh it's aging pretty well for for, for oh, nice. what it is i think um so yeah i mean this is the can and it's uh it's a basically if you can't see it it's um my friend i didn't draw this uh someone else did uh an art teacher that we're friends with named mary and um it's basically i had a concept in mind where there would be a guy like a sketch of a of a man or a person looking into a mirror uh, and on the other side of the mirror was like a flipped version, like an upside down version, uh, almost like looking oh, yeah. looking into the upside down sort of thing. Um, but I wanted, oh. it, yeah, I wanted it to be like a scientific drawing sort of thing. There you go. And then that's the other. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I like so that. So she drew that by hand and I did the layout. And um, the whole idea with this beer, with it, you know, being a Vienna lager, it's um, the idea behind past life is like, you know, posing the question, do you feel like you're the same person that you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago? You know, it's trying to think about people use the phrase, you know, I, I was in corporate America for a while. People throw around these phrases that get like so overused. And one that stuck with me was like, oh, in a past life, I was a carpenter. In a past, you know, they're not actually saying like in a, in, in a past life, they're just saying like, oh, at my last job, I was a I was in right. A, I say that <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah, and, so, and it's cool. You I know, say it's, it yeah. all, every it's, every day. It's fine. Like, <laughs> you, you know, people say that, but it, it stuck with me like past life. You know, um, and I started wandering soul for me is a spiritual thing as well. I'm not religious, but I'm pretty spiritual. So um, it's basically getting into you know actually who we might have been in, in a past life, and that's where the mirror comes in. Looking into a mirror as a reflection of yourself um, in sort of an alternate reality. It's kind of a Somebody told me it reminds them of like tool, like a tool label or a tool song. Um, but it, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like so, the sober guy, the guy from the the sober music video by Tool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's so yeah, basically like because I know for me, I don't feel like I'm the same person as I was five years ago. Like I, I literally feel like I am in the same body, but not it's not me. <laughs> you know, because like the the when you go through. 
you know, that's what PTSD will do as well. Like, you know, some of the stuff that, that, that we went through, um, it changed me and it changed, it changed both of us. And, um, not necessarily in a bad way. We're just different people, you know? Um, sure. I can imagine. So a lot of times I'll look at myself pictures of myself from a long time ago and it, it just feels like I'm looking at somebody else, you know? Um, and again, not in a bad way, but sort of in an out of body experience way. And that's where the concept came in. As for the beer, it's, um, you know, we used um, a really classic German yeast strain, and the recipe is pretty complicated for from the, the grain bill. It's got like eight types of grain, um, you know, two row, pills, Munich, Vienna, obviously, um, some crystal malt, some chocolate malt, and the hops are all noble hops. So it's Magnum for bittering, which is a German hop. And then there's a uh, Czech Saz and Hallertau in the finish of the beer because I love that combination. Um, so yeah, I mean it's you know this this was canned in September of last year, but it's actually been it's actually <laughs> with it not being uh, an IPA or overly hoppy beer, it's I do think it's aging pretty well. So very nice. Yeah, I know it's funny how those uh, seemingly the most crisp, cleanest tasting beers seem like they have you know so much more to the recipe sometimes yeah yeah now it looks so i mean with a vienna lager it, it, it looks very dark um is that done purposely or is that just a, a style of that I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what a what a, like a macro vienna lager is to for the listeners to kind of relate yeah back to, but it is dark um it's outside the range uh, of a typical vienna lager but so on the lighter side, um, you have Sam Adams Boston Lager, which is, um, <clears throat> they call that a Vienna Lager, at least they used to. That's really on the lighter side. This this one's way darker. Um, but the sort of like classic, um, I'm going to get it in the light here. Um, so oh, wow. mm. yeah, like um, Negro Modelo, that's a Vienna Lager. Um, okay. And that's on the darker end of the spectrum. Uh, this kind of falls in on that side of things. Um so yeah, very neat. Yeah, cool. It sounds That's awesome. Yeah, sounds pretty refreshing. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I think it was better when it was like super fresh, personally. But I think it, like I said, it's holding up well, and um, it came out, it came out nice. You know, I have a lot of lager recipes that I really want to crack into, but the thing is, they're um, they're hard to make, and they are expensive to make, and a lot of people expect to pay for a four pack a certain amount of money for anything that's a lager. And I have not been able to. I actually almost lost money making this beer. Um, <clears throat> so they're they're more expensive than you'd think to make. And it's to get a twelve or thirteen dollar four pack, which is all I do. You know, the sixteen ounce four packs. Like to get a, tw- a thirteen dollar four pack of any lager for me is really hard to do. Um, just because the, hmm. the yeast really is just the, the the yeast that drives the cost. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, I was gonna guess that it was because you had to like store it someplace for so long. That yeah. too. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I never thought that the yeast would be the you know the pricey part of that. Having tried yeah. to homebrew at home, I don't you know the yeast packets I think are you know cheap, but like if you need that much yeast, that's a lot. It's a lot of yeast. <laughs> yeah, if you think they, they come in, they come in literally bricks. They call them. So you know, we used a dry yeast for for this one, much like it's the same. You know, it's um, the same type of dry yeast you use in homebrewing, in the little red packet or the yellow packet, or um, literally from the same company. Uh, oh, okay. But it's expensive, and the grain 
in this recipe was also expensive. It's just an, it's an expensive beer to make, and I don't make much money on it. But you know, it's um it's kind of got a cult following around here. Like you know, I think people either love it or hate it. Um, not well, there aren't many people that no one has said they hated it. But uh, it, yeah, nobody hates lagers. <laughs> yeah. you know? but like... I have some people that are like that are really into this one. They want me to brew it all year round, but I don't think they understand that a it's expensive. B it's a hard sell. Like it's not my best selling beer. Um, it's it's just not. You know. Um, I mean the I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Like the, IP- the kind of the direction the industry's gone in the last few years. Yeah, like the IPAs that I've made um, are the best selling beers on the shelf, um, just by virtue of it being an IPA and being here in Massachusetts. Um, yeah. You know, but it's it was important for me to put this one out because it's a recipe I really like. And uh, it goes back a long time, you know. Very nice. <laughs> um, I always, I always like to ask, uh, you know, obviously in where we are, I don't, we're not in the beer industry. We're beer industry adjacent, obviously, doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, but like, we all fell in love with craft beer uh, many, many moons ago, many eons ago, and we all remember like that first time we had our first so and so that was like, oh, this is beer and it is good. So I wonder if you remember like your gateway beer, uh, whatever beer set Matt down this path. I had that on my list of questions too. That's always just go. a good one. <laughs> it's a good yeah. one. It's a great question. Um, for me, it was um, Stone Ruination. Um, it's a solid. Yes. Yeah. yes, I remember my first Ruination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and simply because I had never ever in my life had anything that bitter, um, especially for a beer, and and it was so different than the beer that I had had had, which was all like you know Yingling and stuff like that, being from New Jersey. Um, just really light, right. just really light stuff. And I had that and it was just like, my mind was blown because I, it made me realize that I really, really, really like bitter beers. <laughs> and to the, to the point, to the point where a lot of these recipes, I really had to hold back on the bitterness, you know, especially brewing these New England IPAs. It was, it, I've learned a ton. Um, I always in the test batches had, a, had a tendency to go heavy on the bittering hops, um, and it's just because that's what I like, you know. And and even the IPAs I've done, they're on. Some of them are on the higher end for the for IBUs. But um, yeah, Stone Ruination for me was like I just using hops in that way to achieve that level of bitterness. I love West Coast style beers too, so that would definitely be it. Also, Smutty Nose IPA, like the original uh, finest mm. finest kind. Same thing, like pretty bitter, you know. And uh, I can't. I think that kind of like opened my palate up and made me realize what you could do with hops, and that kind of intrigued me that something could be that bitter but flavorful, you know. So yeah, I remember that with 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 one of my like first Magic Hats that I had. It was a hundred IBU beer that they put out, and I was just I was so enthralled with how bitter it was. And I think over over time my palate has changed a little bit where. I still like the bitter, but not as much as I used to. And that beer just, I, I just remember that one always being at like the top of my list for something I remember just being like, holy shit, this is bitter as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so question for you. So you, you've got, you're brewing out your, out of your shed, you're brewing with other, other breweries. What's the expansion plans of Wandering Soul? When are we going to get it in Connecticut? Um, do you plan on, on opening North Carolina? Your, yeah, your, your own tap room, Montana. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's way out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I have been scouting out a uh, location here in Massachusetts, a physical location for a tap room. Um, I've seen I've seen a bunch of places. You know, I actually had plans to do something, then COVID hit, and I had to kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, but you know, for this year, I'm going to keep doing the doing what I'm doing. And you know, I do send some beer out of state when when I have when I have the capacity to do that. Um, you know, I only brew one batch a month. That's another thing too. Like, whenever I come to a store or a bar or whatever it is, like, like, hey, what do you got? You know, <laughs> um, I always just come with one, just whatever the flavor, <laughs> kind of like flavor of the month. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just learned from my time at other breweries that like approaching a beer buyer with ten different styles of beer when you're entering a store that probably already has. 500 brands maybe of beer um if it's a really good store you know um coming in with like here's this and this and this i got this and this and this and it's just overwhelming you know it's like that's not the way i wanted to do it so you know um so anyway i have shipped i've shipped some beer out of state to like new jersey that's where i'm from um and new hampshire a little bit so you know i do have some out of state stuff going on not connecticut yet or north carolina or montana but <laughs> maybe someday it's okay we can be patient now, yeah i don't i don't know if this is caught up in boston i'm not aware of it uh but so like in connecticut i'm sure you've heard of like 12 percent beer project yeah um where it's just it's like the conglomerate of breweries and kind of everybody just kind of brews out of the same place and they just kind of sell it and they're they're their distribution model does does boston have anything like that or, the, or that upper massachusetts area that that may be an option for for you to to help expand your reach if you if you so choose to do that there are some things like that up here um and i think it's pretty cool because it's very collaborative um you know i think that is certainly an option and i've talked to a lot of different breweries up here about kind of creative ways that we can you know collaborate or do some things together you know i've um i think for me right now like doing the small batch collaborations with for example, there's a brewery here in Beverly. I could walk there. It's called Old Planters, and uh, I'm friends with those guys. And we're going to be doing our third collaboration beer. We have a series now that we're doing called Old Soul. So Old Planters, Wandering Soul. We call it Old Soul, and uh, it's a rotating. Hop. I like it. Yeah, it's a rotating hop thing. It's we do single hop IPAs, but they're like hops that you've never really most people have never heard of. Like we did one with a hop called Nectaron, and uh, oh wow, yeah, it was it was a I managed to get some of this hop called Nectaron, and I had never even brewed with it. I just heard some random things about it from New Zealand, and um, one of the best beers that we've ever, one of the best beers I've ever had my hand in, I think, for me personally. And so, no so doing small batch collaborations is like is really cool for me because we brewed it at Old Planners, and they they took half the batch for their tap room, and I took half the batch for me to distribute in my van. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know get it into the into some stores so we it's a pretty cool model that we have though because like they have a 10 barrel system and they'll keep five barrels for the tap room to, to where you can have it on tap it's the only place you can have it on tap and the other five barrels goes out in in can form to the different stores so um like 10 10 stores i'll pick 10 of my top my favorite stores so i think doing stuff like that is really cool and also it's like i'm working with friends here like the guys at old planners i've known for many years now and um you know they used to two of the guys were brewers at ipswich ale 
And when I, when we were making clown shoes, we were, okay. we were making clown shoes at Ipswich Ale. And so like that's when I got to know those guys. And that goes back many years now at this point. So <laughs> I love doing the collaborations. We have a lot of fun. So so I poured I poured the stout cool. uh, from the wreckage. I see it's 10.5%. Um, tell me a little bit have about fun. this this beer. Have it fun. seems... it's an imperial stout there's no i mean there's no additives like there's no chocolate or coffee or barrel aging or anything like that um it's just a base recipe for an imperial stout that again i kind of drew from my roots of like really liking bitter beers because it's pretty bitter um it's more of like a west coast style stout and um it's got nugget hops columbus hops to like old school, like really bitter hops. And um, yeah, the grain bill is also, you know, it's a lot of different things going on. It's, it's pretty roasty. It's very roasty. It's bitter. It's a powerhouse beer. It's, you know, you can get, you'll get maybe a tiny bit of alcohol out of it, like in flavor. But, um, you know, I think, um, you know, I kind of drew from my, my roots, like with clown shoes, like we did a lot of stouts and, and um, yeah, for me, it's kind of like in that realm so uh and what's the i know you mentioned how every every beer has a story behind it what's yeah. this what's the story behind this one well um my wife actually came up with the name for this one and um there's a um there's a song and i always forget the name of the band always but um it's there's a line in the song that's from the wreckage build a home and um the label is like a blown out building with a little plant growing out of the rubble and so the the concept behind it is like it just symbolizes hope basically you know like the cracks in the pavement that you, you might see a little plant growing through a crack in the pavement and it's um you know it's like even when things are shattered and it seems like everything is broken around you like life life continues and it comes out of places that have been broken and shattered so uh you know, that's kind of like a metaphor for some of the things that we went through. And that's where the name came from. It used to be called the homebrew batch was called Backbreaker. And so that just didn't feel right for a wandering soul beer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we changed the name. <laughs> but the original homebrew recipe was called Backbreaker. And that was, like I said, about 10 years ago, came up with that that recipe. It is. It's very like I like this. This is. I'm not usually. I usually like stouts to have a little bit more adjuncts in them. Um, I was just at a Barreled Souls uh, beer party this past weekend up in Saco, uh, but this is this drinks. I thought for sure you were going to say that there was something in here. It it definitely tastes very. I guess it's just the bitterness, but it very tastes tastes a lot like cacao. You know, right on the that's right on your tongue when you're drinking it. This yeah. is. It's uh yeah. There's a lot of chocolate malt in there, which I really like. Uh, there's some roasted barley. There's some crystal malts, there's some two-row, there's some, I think, Vienna. I mean, so, like, that's the funny thing. Another reason why I did a Vienna lager is uh, that I think almost literally every beer I've put out has Vienna malt in it. (laughs) Um, Even the IPAs (laughs) and even Melody Maker. Uh, It used to be, doesn't, this other IPA, but basically every other beer I I put out has Vienna malt. So I know that that stout does, too. And um, (laughs) I just love it. Like, I... It's my favorite malt, my favorite grain to work with because you can use it in anything and it's so distinct and it brings an element. It's it's a tad sweet, but it adds a little, it adds some character to it. Um, 
It's my it's my favorite grain. I I feel like that's becoming. I feel like that's like the like the old man in me or something. It's like oh, I gotta have my Vienna malt. In there. <laughs> that's yeah. just your signature. Yeah, like every brewer, I guess every right? brewer has like their thing, like their you know their their signature style, and that's I guess that's becoming mine. <laughs> this I this is I I can't say it enough. I really like this one. This is I can I can definitely. I think I'm going to regret drinking a ten and a half percent beer after a seven percent beer, but it's Memorial Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you didn't have to work today. It's still so. Yeah, that's true. Um, right? No, I, I yeah. I, this is when you go when when you are you going to use this as a derivative for other beers too, or are you going to leave this one alone and create a new recipe when you move on to other steps? I'll definitely. I want to do a barrel aged version of this for mm. sure. Yeah, because I think I like it. Yeah, I think it would go real well in a barrel. I was trying to pull it off, but we just couldn't. I just didn't didn't have anywhere to store the barrels. I mean, this is part of the part of the problem with not having my own brewery is I need to be, and I I would hope that I am respectful of the t- time and capacity and space and the rules of the other places that I'm making beer at. And I really try hard to stay within all that. I don't. I'm not. I'm trying to step on any toes. I'm privileged to be able to have the opportunity to go to some of these places and make stuff um and so you know to to store a bunch of barrels of bent water i did ask them um because one of my best friends is is um the head of production over there and he's the one that kind of brought me he was also at ipswich ale so it's like from back in the clown shoes days and (laughs) i asked him and uh i don't think I, i think he like literally never even responded to me so yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> so um, yeah. Someday we'll we'll do a barrel aged version of that. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So Matt, where uh, where can our thirsty listeners find some Wandering Soul beer? Well, I have a <clears throat> a map on my website of all the stores that have it. Um, I try to keep it up to date. You know, like I said, I'm I'm the I am the only person working for me, so. I do the website myself, and I, I really try to keep it up to date. But um, Massachusetts, around Boston, and north of Boston, is a pretty—I have a pretty good network of stores and bars that they'll have it on draft as well. And then out of state, um, New, New Hampshire and New Jersey—that's um, all on my website as well. So it's it's pretty limited, though. I mean, you know, I'm only brewing once a month, and it's not—I'm either doing thirty barrel batches or like sixty. Um, so I try to spread it out, you know what I mean? But most of the, yeah, yeah, most of the beer is around Beverly, Salem, Mass, Boston, around here. Yeah. Yeah, I I really want to try that Melody Maker. It sounds, it sounds really good. It sounds like a good flagship. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I will. Definitely going to keep my eye out for that. I'll send, I can send some to you guys once we have a new batch. We're doing a new batch uh, next month. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sweet to have follow up. Uh, yeah, we'll, I'm sure, you know, we'll stay in touch. Yeah. And we're canning a beer tomorrow called Think, called yeah. uh, Things We Don't Say. That's a double IPA that we're canning tomorrow. Like I'm going there tomorrow to do it. And uh, that's actually my best selling beer. It's a double IPA. Um, I didn't have enough of that to send, but everybody seems to really it's not my favorite beer personally. Um, but it's everyone it seems to be everyone else. Most other people's favorite. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. 
that'll be rolling out. That'll be For rolling sure. out uh, yeah. right off the line tomorrow over the next week or two, and hitting all my all, all the places, and uh, people get pretty excited about that beer in particular. And uh, fantastic, yeah. So. so yeah, Massachusetts listeners, people nearby Massachusetts, check out the website. What and what is your website? Uh, it's just wanderingsoulbeer.com. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm on it right now. I think you're selling yourself short with how many package stores there are around here. I see a lot of blue dots. Yeah, <laughs> around you at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty good good reach that that we have here. Um, I've gotten a lot of requests from stores that that wanted to take in the beer, and thankfully, it's um, it's been going pretty well. Part of the reason I do one beer a month is to allow those stores to pull through the product and not get overloaded. And yeah, I like to go to a store and see that they're sold out, and thankfully, it happens a lot. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of just doing like a rinse and repeat of the way I started it in 2019. Like it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel and do every style under the sun. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to do like a hard seltzer or a, you know, a, you know, like a, a pastry stout or anything. I mean, I, I think that there's, there's a time and a place for everything, you know, like, um, I try to stick with beers that. I don't really do many adjuncts. The mango is like as far as I've pushed, although the sour beer that I've done is kind of like pushing it further. But yeah, I try to like just do beers that I like to drink. They're all homebrew batches anyway. I'm just a home brewer. I'm not I'm not a commercial brewer and I don't pretend to be the guy that can go up on the brew deck and start pressing buttons and know what everything is gonna do. You know what I mean? Like I, I can I can do certain things and certain things I can't do. And if you left left me alone in a brewery and told me, you know, to go on an automated system, I'd probably burn the place to the fucking ground. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know, I just have a home brewing mentality, and I have I try to keep the like the do it yourself um, ethos. You know, some of these beers I've made at home have like literally broken me physically. Like I said, um, making that sour beer here was definitely I learned a lot. I threw out my back so many times. And, you know, when you when you have to call when you have to call your neighbor to help lift a 25 gallon barrel full of beer in an office that's propped up on like an office chair because you forgot to you didn't realize that you have to use gravity to get the beer out of the barrel. So you had to figure out a way to lift it to get the beer out. And like, my, my neighbor had to come and like help me hoist this thing like up onto like an office chair just so i could siphon the beer out of it i mean it's just like it's just oh, Lord. like it's just ridiculous that that beer came out the, the way it well, came out. i was gonna say now i now i understand a little bit more about the why the you had the name backbreaker for the homebrew batch originally yeah, that's, that's the original that was literally like the first time i ever threw out my back was making that beer and uh, I remember okay. I had to go on a I had to go on a flight the next day. I was lift I was lifting oh. I was oh, lifting a no. bucket of beer down the state like the basement stairs, and like, I was like art, you know bent down, and I didn't realize it, but I had really screwed something up in my back. And I woke up the next morning and I couldn't I couldn't move, and somehow I got myself on a plane, and I was in Pittsburgh. And I woke up the next day in the hotel and I was like, I can't do, I can't do this. Um, but I drove from Pittsburgh all the way across the state of Ohio and back to Pittsburgh in a week with a back, with my back just being completely like just wrecked. And um, yeah, that's why we do what we do. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> So I, I think we have some listeners out there um, and this is probably, you know, probably a good a, good piece of advice to end the podcast with if you are a home brewer and you wanted to to get started do you recommend building your own homebrew kit or do you recommend like buying like a grain father or like a like a anvil type system 
That's a good question. Um, I've brewed on some of those systems before, and um, I think you can, you know, brewing is like anything else. Like, you can have a really fancy system and still not know what you're doing, or you can, (laughs) sorry to put it bluntly, but, um, or you can have, like, my homebrew setup here is not very advanced in Beverly. Um, It's all about trial and error. I mean, you have to make the mistakes before you realize where you screwed up and what you'll never do again. And what I'd recommend to anybody is just get the um, Charlie Papazian's um, Complete Joy of Homebrewing, I think it's called. Um, That's like the Bible uh, for homebrewing, and that's what I use. And just read the book start to finish and just do what he tells you to do. And, you know, you can... um, I'd recommend starting with a kit, though, because jumping right into all-grain brewing... Is pretty daunting. Like I started with a kit, and then I did like brew in a bag. We're using a muslin bag, and then then I jumped into all grain, and then I never looked back. But to jump right into all grain brewing, unless you have the knowledge, like you need to know, understand, like here's why, like here's the grain, and here's why you need to run it through a mill, and here's why you need to heat up the water, and here's why you need to drain that water out and into a brew kettle. You know, like the knowledge of how a beer is made is really important before you get into the process. Um, and it's fun. Like learning how to how beer is made is just as fun as making the beer, I think. Because um, you can do anything with it. I mean, you can literally do whatever you want. And you can, you know, you can screw it up in every which way. Uh, <laughs> oh, believe me, Chris and I have screwed up a few badges. Oh, beer. yes. We have, we, have, we have screwed up some oh, beers. Me too. <laughs> me too. I could tell you plenty of stories of lost security deposits in apartments we've lived in uh-huh. uh you know <laughs> blowing up bottles and you know setting the, the kitchen counters on fire and yeah, i mean and also like beers that are infected and you know exploding i mean i've i've dumped so 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 many batches but it's been a while since i've had to dump anything just because like you end up learning and half the time with home brewing it's just something wasn't clean and um right mm-hmm. You know, it don't. It's it's one of those things where like everything really needs to be clean. And if you're if um, it's everything the beer touches after after it gets cooled down. And um, most of the time, I've found that that's where the problems occur for sure. Cleanliness. Got to keep things clean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sandstar is your friend, or star sand. Star Star sand, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Um, Thank you. We really appreciate you you joining us and. you already mentioned your website. Uh, anywhere else that our listeners can find you, social media wise, or anywhere else? Everything is just at Wandering Soul Beer, um, and everything comes right to me. Um, you know, if you message me on Facebook or Instagram or my website, it just all it all comes right to me. So um, I love hearing from people. I really do. I get very excited anytime mes- someone messages me. Um, I just I'm honored that like people care enough to, especially if they read some of the backstory to this thing. Um, like I said, I never planned on doing this for a living. Um, it's taken shape the way it has, and I'm just honored and like really privileged every single day to be able to do this, and I fully realize that I'm in a situation in, in you know where I have this, this platform that I can use to hopefully try to help some people too so like when i hear from people who've you know i I really do want to help people like that's really at the root of wandering soul and um it's sort of become like in a way a, a, a support group for some people because like I've stayed in touch with a lot of these people that have gone through these things in their lives that are just gut wrenching, you know, like, um, I've been on, on the news a couple, like on TV and in Boston globe and stuff. And when that happened, like that was 
mind-blowing to me, but the day after the thing aired on the news here, I, I got this flood of people that were contacting me with some really heavy stuff, and um, it's just so honored that people would share these things with me, and um, staying in touch with them, and just, it's not easy to talk about some of these things that people go through that are really, you know, really, um, r- really hard life experiences, and, you know, I think talking about it, that's why I put out a beer called Things We Don't Say, because um, a lot of people, people go through things in their life, they don't, they don't feel like they can talk about it because you don't want to make someone upset. And um, that's another thing I'm really trying to poke a stick at with Wandering Soul is like, you know, trying to be transparent and trying to allow people to talk more openly about things. And, you know, like I'm not, our story is now public about how, what we went through. And um, that's okay with me because now like Melody, like I feel like I have a legacy for her. And I don't know if that would have happened if I wasn't willing to take the risk of being too personal in a very in like a public way. So anyway, now I've extended the time of this <laughs> podcast. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's no, awesome. I think good. that's a great place to leave it. Yeah. 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 Your story is uh, is amazing and inspiring. So and, and so uh, is thank you for so thank you for joining us and sharing it. Oh, and so is the beer, yeah. according to Tud. <laughs> yeah. You guys will get some too. I pro- I promise I'll get some to you guys oh, it's, all right. all, it's all good yeah. I, I understand the babies the babies they once we more. once we get into any sort of routine here i'll um i'll get you guys some stuff. <laughs> yeah and so with that uh thank you all for listening um obviously you know special thanks to matt and uh wandering soul beer um please make sure you head over to social media and follow us everywhere at dawf podcast and make sure you uh send any emails to us at uh dawf podcast at gmail.com matt do you have an email address that you'd like to share Sure. As I'm going through this? Yeah, it's just Matt at WanderingSoulBeer.com. Uh, please make sure you head over to iTunes and leave us a, a rating and a review. And also make sure you head over to Patreon um, if you want some bonus content over there as well. Um, again, thank you, Matt. Uh, with that, my name's Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're clicking alone, do it with friends. We did it. Yay. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. This is awesome. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's nice to take a break from like the my wife's texting me like anything was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but it was nice to kind of like take a little. I haven't done anything like this in a while, um, so I appreciate it. It's always fun. To-